Hello, and welcome to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. I'm Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor of C-Store Decisions Magazine. Thank you for joining us. Please sit back and enjoy as we talk all things convenience retailing. So today we're here with Daniel Burris. Um, Daniel is a global futurist. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. He's written seven books. His latest is the anticipatory organization, Turn Disruption and Change into Opportunity and Advantage, which is especially relevant right now in the middle of a pandemic and, and so much digital disruption. So Daniel, welcome to the phone call. Hey, thank you. Uh, so Daniel, before we kick off, uh, can you give our listeners who may not have heard you speak in the past a little bit more information about your background as a futurist and an author and the topics that you, uh, that you kind of cover? Well, first of all, I have uh, over the years started six companies, so I don't just write books. I've also uh, started and, and uh, run companies, so I understand what it's like to be in business. Uh, out of the six companies, five were profitable in the first year, four were national leaders in the first year. Uh, so in other words, I, uh, I've got principles that have worked really well, and I like to teach those principles to others. And so for the last 35 years, that's how long I've been uh, with Burris Research uh, that I started. And what, what I'm doing is helping uh, companies learn to be anticipatory versus reactionary. And that's, of course, one of the reasons my latest book is called The Anticipatory Organization. And I'll just take a second to talk about that. And uh, that is that uh, we tend to have change coming to us from the outside in, causing us to react and respond and crisis manage as uh, the pandemic has done to us and other things, including digital disruption. And um, the goal most have had in businesses to be agile. And agility, remember, is reacting quickly after a problem occurs, reacting as quickly as you can with uh, after a disruption disrupts. And that's one side of the strategy coin, but during the pandemic, most of us have found out that doesn't work that well. So what really I like to uh, teach is how to be the other side of the coin, the anticipatory, how to anticipate problems before you have them so you can pre-solve them to be able to anticipate disruptions before they disrupt so that you can innovate with low risk and even in the convenience store world. And um, I think my record of being right on uh, where technology is going and trends, again, has spanned over three decades. One of the keys is I, I leave out the parts I can be wrong about. <laughs> and uh, But see, the key is how much you can be right about. And I, I always love talking to uh, convenience and C-store owners and uh, people that have one or multiple because we're entrepreneurial and, uh, and we, uh, we're in competition and I know there's ways of winning. So in an in interview that you had with me back at the beginning of the pandemic in March, I shared a couple of things that I would love to start up with uh, with your permission Definitely. And that leads us right into my first question. Uh, so to fill our listeners in, Daniel and I had a conversation, an interview back in March, right as the pandemic was kicking off. And you had shared a number of key insights with us. And I was hoping 
that, you know, before we dig into kind of what's happened and where we're going, if you could backtrack a bit and talk about some of those key insights. Uh, for example, you talked about how important it was going to be for convenience stores to become a necessity store. So can you, can you take us back through some of those points that you shared in March and, uh, and how you've seen that play out? Yeah, thank you. So if you remember back in March and April, we were quite locked down. There weren't a lot of cars on the street because again, this disease was extremely new. Now it's still new today, but it was really new. We didn't know, all we knew is it spread very rapidly. And so people weren't driving to convenience stores. And uh, in March, when we talked, a lot of the convenience store owners were looking at having to lay people off, uh, you know, cut back on uh, employees. And, uh, and some of them were wondering if they could even stay open as they went farther. And what I did is applied some of the principles that I teach in uh, my anticipatory organization book and learning system. One of those is opposites work better. So instead of saying you need to lay people off, I was saying, ah, actually, you should be hiring people. Because instead of seeing yourself as a convenience store, which means people drive to you probably mainly to get gas, and then they buy other things from you, see yourself at, now that you have decreased traffic, why don't you see yourself as a necessity store? To do that, look at your product mix and adjust it a little bit. Maybe a little bit more cold remedy type things, extra strength Tylenol, uh, as well as maybe a little expand your hot food. And how do you get it to people if they're not coming in? Well, I said, let's take a look at a problem with that Lyft and Uber drivers are having. And that is people aren't going to restaurants and bars. In other words, they're, they're available for work, but there's nowhere to go. So why don't we hire them, have them come to deliver the products to people and have us a small delivery fee in there. Um, so now we are going to our customers instead of the normal, having our customers come to us, which is an opposite. And secondly, it gives us the ability now to have new customers. So anyway, I have heard from a number of convenience store operators around the country that uh, heard that interview that you did of me back in March and did that and have done extremely well. And, uh, and I think many of us listening today maybe haven't considered that. So uh, let's look at, uh, I think I framed it all up with the difference between uh, hard trends and soft trends. And I know you wanted to ask me about that. So definitely so before we <laughs> sounds good. So before we get into, I know we were going to talk a lot about the hard trends and the soft trends and, and the differences. And we're going to talk today about how the pandemic is accelerating technology hard trends. But before we get into that, Daniel, I would hope that you could talk a little bit more generally first, you know, to your point, I've been hearing from a lot of different convenience store retailers who have been noting that digital disruption has really been expanding during COVID-19. And, and it's for a lot of the reasons I think you've been stating about convenience stores becoming a necessity store. They are, they're rushing to implement delivery, order ahead, curbside pickup, mobile apps, contactless payment, and really meeting those customer needs. So before we talk about the, the hard and soft trends differences, can you explain a bit about in general how are you seeing the pandemic impact digital disruption in the C-Store space? Yeah, absolutely. Well, people don't really change until they have to. So to embrace e-commerce, the cloud, mobile apps, uh, contactless uh, you know, purchases, auto checkout, 
things like that. You know, we do it when we have to. But what's happened with the pandemic is we didn't have a choice. We were forced to change. And that meant go more digital. So all of a sudden, we had to start looking at the cloud. We had to start looking at VPNs, virtual private networks, so it could be secure. We had to start looking at, you know, if nobody's coming to me, how do I get to them? Is there, you know, instead of just having an app that is an afterthought, I need to have one that's kind of a front end drive engine that drives business to me, whether it's virtual business or physical business. So what I'm getting at is the pandemic made us change. And, and change meant either we go down for the count and do nothing, or we look at the tools, typically they're digital, and how they can help us. And that really ties in perfectly to talk about the, the acceleration that's taken place because of the pandemic. And again, that acceleration means opportunity for us. Let me just give you a couple of quick examples so you know what I'm talking about. Um, let's talk about e-commerce. Now, e-commerce has been around for a long time. Heck, Amazon was actually founded in uh, 94, 95. So we have had e-commerce for quite a while. But because everyone was locked down March, April, May, uh, it, what happened? E-commerce grew, accelerated by 10 years in about five months. Makes sense. People were buying more online. Well, that means we're getting used to buying online and we better, as convenience store operators, be thinking about you know, how do we really beef up our online to take advantage of that 10 years and five months acceleration. Just like with the remote working, we've accelerated like you know, people aren't going to work uh, in their normal office. Well, that mean, that's accelerated by 10 years. We had remote working five years ago, but people didn't do it that much. Now they're all doing it. So what are they doing at home? What can, since they aren't driving out that much, they're working from home, do they have needs that the convenience store mix of products solves? And the answer is absolutely. We need to be able to reach out to them to take advantage of that acceleration. Just like uh, machine learning, is allowing us to do demand forecasting. It's awful hard to figure out what products to, to have in our stores and how to do forecasting when we're in a pandemic, A, and B, the supply chain has been disrupted. But that's where a machine learning and AI can help out. And let me just say something when I say words like that. Most of us would think, hey, I am a convenience store. I can't afford that stuff. And I would say, oh, yes, you can. That's because it's a service. You buy it as a service. You don't have to own a supercomputer. When you, you do a search with uh, Google or Siri or whatever, you're using a multi-billion dollar supercomputer that you're not paying for. So really, we're talking about getting services. And that's where maybe uh, a number of convenience stores working together can do those uh, to spread the cost. Nice. And so that kind of leads us into you have uh, talked a lot, Daniel, in the past about the difference between hard trends and soft trends. Um, and I know we're going to talk today about how the pandemic is really impacting acceleration of technology, hard trends. Can you kind of explain to our listeners who maybe didn't hear you talk about it in the past, the difference between the two? Yes, I'm going to take it uh, again, make it very simple for us right now. And that is 
a hard trend. First of all, most of us don't look at trends very much because, hey, they can all go away. Some happen and some don't. But this is based on 35 years of research and companies as big as Google and Amazon are using it, but also smaller companies and even convenience stores are using it. And that is all trends, first of all, are worthless by themselves unless you tie them to an opportunity. So when anyone talks about a trend, if they don't say what the opportunity is for, in this case, your convenience store, it's an academic discussion. So always tie a trend to an opportunity. Secondly, trends are either one of two categories. They're either a hard trend, meaning they're based on a future fact. They will happen. They cannot be changed. The other type of trend is a soft trend. That's based on an assumption about the future that may or may not happen. It might be highly likely, but it can indeed be changed. So let's just go back to something I mentioned earlier, e-commerce. That's been a growing trend for, you know, for, for at least uh, 20 years, and it's been accelerating thanks to the exponential uh, changes in technology that have been taking place, uh, and I also write about that. But as I said, with e-commerce, it's been accelerated now by 10 years and five months. Now, e-commerce is not going to go away. Uh, it, in other words, it's going to continue to accelerate. That's a hard trend. If we know something is continuing to get bigger and more powerful, or using mobile apps to reach out to customers that uh, aren't coming to our stores and make those sticky, meaning a kind of an app that you want to use instead of the, like the ones you have on your phone right now that you have on your phone and you haven't looked at in five months or six months. By the way, they are not sticky. So when we look at those, apps aren't going away. Mobile's not going away. 5G is a hard trend. It is coming and it already is here in bigger cities. And now that we have Apple and other phone manufacturers putting out 5G uh, phones, hey, that is not going away. So a hard trend will happen. It lets you see change and disruption before it disrupts. So when I start looking, now talking about convenience stores, um, <clears throat> the uh, home delivery. Well, that's part of our world now. And by the way, when we're post-pandemic, guess what? People are still going to want that. So they're going to want both. They're going to want to be able to come into your store, but they're going to like home delivery too. And that's how you grow your market. Curbside pickup that people are getting used to that now. It's starting to grow and that can all be done by a mobile device that you have and managed completely by a mobile device that you have. There's a number of companies that uh, deal with those that tie into all your inventory and everything. And uh, so that allows you to do curbside pickup very easily without a lot of fuss and muss and paperwork. Matter of fact, with no paperwork. And those tools are there for us right now. Some of you might be using it, some might not. Maybe nobody knows that you have curbside pickup. Uh, maybe you haven't implemented that yet, but they're getting used to it at other stores. Maybe we should be thinking about that as not just something for the pandemic, but here's the insight. Home delivery, curbside pickup, uh, contactless payments, that's actually the future. And the future is here now. So instead of, I don't want to invest in it because when the pandemic's over, we don't need it. Think different. Think instead, no, you know what? I'm going to continue to grow my business in more than one way. I'm not going to just rely on people coming physically to my store. 
this is an opportunity to redefine and reinvent what this store does and how much money we can really make. And I love what you say about always tie a trend to an opportunity, especially, you know, a hard trend that is, as you say, a, a future fact. So a home delivery, curbside pickup, contactless payments, I'm hearing you say these are all hard trends, you know, future facts and, and really something that retailers should be looking to tie an opportunity to. Is that correct? Absolutely. And also, uh, wherever we can do uh, anything around process automation, where we're using either a physical type of robot that maybe uh, scans and does inventory. I don't see us doing that so much in a smaller uh, C-store, at least at this point. Uh, but as the devices get cheaper and uh, smaller, yes, where we can just scan an entire wall in one quick scan instead of scanning product code by code. Wow. So in all of that's all happening. So I think um, any way I can save time, I can save money, I can automate, uh, I can take man hours out of it, boy, I wanna be looking at that. So I, I think what I, my message here in this interview is, there are, and I've only covered a few of the pandemic trend accelerations that have taken place. They're huge. Uh, so let's take a look at those and see how we can take advantage of those and think in terms of opportunity. One other thing I want to mention to you uh, that's really important, and that is soft trends. Hard trends are really great because we know they're going to happen. We know they're expanding. We know they're getting bigger and more powerful, and they all represent opportunities. I don't want to ignore those as, a, as an owner. But I also want to look at the soft trends that I can influence. For example, let's say that your drive-in traffic has been down and is and it's picked up through the summer, but it's starting to get maybe a little lower now. Let's just say it's been going down again. Is that a hard trend or a soft trend? The answer is, well, that's soft. You can change that. You can do things to change that. That's not a future fact. We're going to make, we've made less money this year, and we're probably going to be making maybe less money next year. Well, that's soft. You could do something about that. That's not a future fact. So, the, and, and of course, instead of just saying that, all right, so how are you going to grow that? And if people aren't coming into my store the way they used to, I need to be doing something to get my name and our store out there in the marketplace. By the way, this, as long as we're talking, let me give you an example of what you could do with that. Um, one of the uh, ways that I have saved a lot of money uh, with my companies on advertising is to skip the problem of advertising. That's another principle that I teach in my books and learning systems is how to take your problems and skip it. So the best advertising is a news story because first of all, it's not a paid ad. People know that. And secondly, they're reading it as news. And third, you didn't have to pay for it. You just have to craft the story. And I'm already helping you to craft the story right now that is newsworthy in your city, regardless of its size. And that is you are no longer a convenience store waiting for people to come in for just a few convenient things. You have shifted to become a necessity store to serve your customers and new customers that really need what you have in new and amazing ways. In other words, craft the story let them print it. They're looking for stories right now. And, uh, and that allows you to elevate your brand and your brand awareness, get more people coming in. 
Another thing I would do is get uh, with mobile apps. I know you've got all have an app. My guess is it's boring, few use it. Well, you're just gonna let it continue to be boring. By the way, that's soft trend going forward. You could change that. Maybe you need to get a hold of some young people uh, that uh, in the community that are bright. Call your high school. Say, hey, who's the sharpest tech, techno kid that you've got? And uh, give them a little side job to help you to get that app to become sticky and really cool. And wow, you'll be amazed at what you can do. Wonderful. And so, Daniel, can you talk a little bit more um, I know there were some other examples you wanted to give about how the pandemic is accelerating technology hard trends. What are some other hard trends that uh, that convenience store retailers should have on their radar? All right. So one is um, make sure that you have e-commerce friendly point of sale systems because we're really in a period now where your e-commerce is blending with your physical tangible store and it becomes one. So what I mean by that is, I, if I had a convenience store, I'd have probably a couple of flat panel displays in that store where I have products that I don't physically have in my store, but my people that come in may want to buy because I, I have limited space in my store, but I have infinite space on a screen because I can have them scroll for the product they want, find it quickly, it's a touch screen. They get to what they want and they can order it and buy it and it can be delivered uh, in 24 hours or same day delivery. If you, again, are using Uber and Lyft and uh, put a, a special fee in it, there's ways of doing that even without the added fee. So I wanna make sure that I've got that e-commerce friendly POS system and I'm finding a way to bring e-commerce actually into my store. Secondly, another one is uh, voice commerce. And that is where uh, people can talk and get an answer. Uh, now, of course, we've got chatbots like Siri for Apple or Alexa for Google, and there's other ones as well. Um, well, you know, those could be giving answers to people in your store. How many people have come in and asked for directions taking your staff time where they could go and get directions from that Amazon device that you have in there that has directions. And by the way, you can have it do that or ask some other questions about, you know, product. How many times do they ask you, where do they find something? You could have that, all those answers could be right there when they come in and they could just ask it and get an answer without taking your staff instead of standing in line and then asking because people don't want to wait. So look at voice commerce. Another one is uh, staff free and cashierless stores. Now, it doesn't have to be all staff, but again, there's technologies that are accelerating that are allow us to reduce our staff and still have a customer-friendly store. I want my employees not just doing transactions. I want them to help people uh, maybe buy more in that store or give them advice, give them, make them want to come back to the store, uh, make it a friendly place. So there's, again, cashier less stores and uh, and so on so look at how can i actually eliminate some of these elements um, another one uh, i mentioned earlier is demand forecasting and there is machine learning tools for that and those are services so if you do some searching you can find uh, some good services on that easily and another one is uh, augmented shopping whoa there's an interesting one 
What does that mean, augmented shopping? Well, that's where you have your, your app that is not just a app like you have today, but one that has got a little bit of an AI background, and there are companies that do this without a lot of money involved, where they can uh, help you find what you're really looking for. Because most people are coming into a convenience store and they do a lot of emotional purchases, um, meaning it's in the moment, they see something and all of a sudden they want it. They come in, they don't even know what they want. They're just kind of looking and all of that is great. Uh, but some of them are coming in and looking for something to solve a problem, but you actually have several things that they may want that are related. So augmented shopping can help that quite a bit. Um, those are those are some. There are others, robotics, wherever you can put it in. For example, there's already a robot that can make hamburgers, um, and uh, uh, and that's being deployed in a lot of fast food places now. So at some point, I know convenience stores are going to be looking at that because they can do the same job a person does: flip the thing and put it on a bun, and there it is. So instead of buying a prepackaged one that you heat up in a microwave, it would even taste better. You would hear it. You would smell it. And all of a sudden, when you smell food, you know what? People want that food. Lots of really great things for convenience stores to be watching. Absolutely. So as we, as we start to look ahead, Daniel, into 2021 and beyond, you know, we still have the, the pandemic that we're, we're grappling with as a nation. You know, how do you expect digital disruption to impact convenience stores? You know, you, you listed all of these hard trends that you see kind of continuing. They all sound to be very much in that digital disruption realm. So do you see the pandemic continuing to escalate digital disruption? And if so, how? Well, if you think of it, disruption is a response to an unforeseen opportunity. In other words, whatever happens can be seen as a crisis or an opportunity. They represent both things. I like to think of it this way. Uh, when something good happens to me, I like to look and ask myself what bad just happened because there probably isn't downside. I like to know both sides as I strategically move forward. The same is true for the reverse. When something bad happens, I like to look at, so what's the upside? What's the good news here? Because there's always an upside to every downside and a downside to every upside, and it helps to look at both. So first. Secondly, uh, the, uh, the pandemic. And when we will get to the other side of this, <clears throat> which we will, by the way, the growing numbers in the in most of the states right now in the United States, that all of that is a soft trend. Now, COVID as a disease, just so you understand, that is with humans now forever. Once a disease becomes human born, it stays with us. But that doesn't mean we're infected by it. That's where uh, drugs come in, just like polio. Polio is still a human disease, but it's being controlled with vaccinations. Mumps, measles, those are all viruses. Those are diseases that still exist, but we've controlled them with vaccines. So COVID itself is now that it's jumped from animal to human, hey, it's with us forever, but we will be able to control it until then. And that depends on some factors like getting vaccines. The bigger thing I'd like to report as a news item for everyone here is the uh, fact that there are some new rapid tests that are being developed that are highly accurate and you can get a result in five minutes that's very accurate and super inexpensive. 
In other words, it could be done when people are going to a sporting event, it could be done getting on an airplane, it could be done going to a bar, it could be done still going anywhere. And you could know right away whether that person has it or not. Well, in a way, that's even bigger than a vaccine uh, because then we know people coming in are okay and um, to a store or to wherever they're going. So I think that's gonna be a game changer in early 21. The virus, the spread of the virus, that's a soft trend. Meaning, well, if we do wear masks, I know some people think uh, that wearing masks is bad for you, but actually talk to doctors and nurses that do surgeries every day their entire life, they would say, no, they aren't. So wearing a mask is a way of, of controlling it. Doing some distancing helps. And I believe that at some point, out of crisis, unfortunately, we'll get around to saying, okay, that's what we got to do so we can get our e-commerce and our regular commerce back going again. Now, if we don't do it, it'll be a slower recovery. If we do do it, we'll get it under control like other countries have pretty quickly. So that's a soft trend. We could control that. I see digital disruption in 2021. Again, disruption is a response to an opportunity. I think it's going to be accelerated continuing to be accelerated in 2021. But what I want all of the people listening to this podcast to do is to realize it disruption is you not foreseeing it and taking action on it. I want you to spend, here's what I'd like you to do. Spend one hour a week, put it in your calendar so you're not managing a crisis. I want you managing an opportunity for your store. And in that hour, I'd like you to ask yourself, what am I certain about? What are the hard trends that I know will happen and the opportunities for me to grow? What are the soft trends that I could influence in a positive way so that I could grow? And you'll get a list. And I'd like you to boil it down to one, two maximum items that are must-dos in your mind and make them happen. Because that's how you can turn 2021 into a big success regardless of where we are with the pandemic. In other words, instead of disruption happening to you, I'd like you to be a positive disruptor, creating the transformations in your convenience store that will elevate your relevance and accelerate your growth. Wonderful, so one hour a week, such great advice. Before we move on to a couple more questions, I wanted to check in, are there any other you know, tech forward trends that maybe aren't on our radar right now that might be up and coming in late 2021 that, that you know about that you can clue us in on? Well, yes. Um, let me give you a few things. Well, I mentioned something in the past with you, and that is uh, augmented reality versus virtual reality. And augmented reality glasses, for example, um, that's where you have a regular pair of glasses that can even be prescription glasses. They look like glasses, but they're tied using Bluetooth to your smartphone. And it allows you to overlay data uh, in your field of vision without having to look at a piece of paper. And if you think of the part of a glasses where you have the frame where your lens is, but then there's the earpiece. So imagine you have a pair of glasses on now and you put your finger on the earpiece by where your ear is. That is no data. And if you bring it slowly towards where the glass is, you slowly start overlaying the data 
And when it's all the way to the front, you don't see anything in front of you. Now you're just seeing the data. So what I'm getting at is that is a way to find inventory. That is a way to be able to even know customers when they come in because you're going to be using uh, digital smart camera systems that will actually tie in pictures with people's app so that when Jim comes in, you can even say, oh, hi, Jim, without having to try to remember his name. And you can even see a little thing underneath it. If you made a little note that Jim came in with kids before, hey, how are the kids doing? So all of a sudden, you become now not a vendor, not a C-Star owner, but a part of the family or friend. And they'll come in more often. So we're going to be able to do a lot with those kind of things. And then, um, so that's, uh, we have Apple actually is going to be introducing one, not this year, but I think you'll see that next year. Uh, which, by the way, next year's coming up pretty fast. That'll be their next big thing. And there'll be some other vendors like Samsung putting things like that out there. Digital or Internet of Things, where we're using more and more sensors to make things smarter. That's where we can have uh, cameras in our stores that go beyond just uh, looking at uh, uh, videotape to see if somebody robbed it when we're not there, but rather it's doing behavior analytics on people that are in. So we can see, you know, everybody walks by that display and nobody by, takes anything off of it. Let's change that display. Uh, people go by and look at that display and they take an item and they look at it and put it back and they don't buy it. That means the wrong items are on that display. So we're gonna actually be doing more behavior analytics with the same cameras, but now we've got a backend service to it, helping us to continually monitor and not just look at a videotape, but in real time, get insights so that we can adjust our store for maximum performance. Things like that, big, huge, and again, price dropping like a rock on all of those things. Being able to, uh, obviously, you want to make sure that your POS system works with Apple as well as Samsung and Android so that people can come in and not have to pull out their credit card, but could just use their phone. That, you know, is becoming a must nowadays. And uh, so reviewing those types of things is really important. Great. Well, you know, you brought up Google Glasses and augmented reality, and I'm, I'm glad that you touched on that because, you know, we've talked in the past about how that's a really big trend to watch. And I know the way it's been framed in the past is that that in-store experience has been such a, a big trend before the pandemic and, and something that retailers were trying to really create that sort of experience around the shopping trip. So I'm curious if you could speak a little bit more on now that we're in a pandemic and we're social distancing more, um, and people are doing more curbside pickup and all of that, you know, how should convenience stores really be approaching and looking at augmented reality in 2021? Are they still looking at it as the in-store experience or does it have uh, other benefits as well? Well, yeah. Uh, for example, remember a lot of your customers are going to be getting glasses that do this. I mean, it's from Apple's standpoint, it's going to be kind of like a, a new type of iPhone where it's going to be one of their big products. And uh, so people are going to be having these. So wouldn't it be great when they are out there, let's say, getting gas, and they can tie into maybe something that uh, is right in your store, or they get an offer, or it's, and if they have a mobile app of yours, in you know, that remember their glasses are tied to their own phone. If they already have your app, it already knows what they like, what they tend to buy, so that you're giving them something relevant on that screen. 
by the way, that also takes away your having to pay for a screen, a video screen out there where, where they're pumping that gas. By the way, I'm talking about pumping gas. It also be real good right now, depending on where you're located, to start thinking about, do I have electric car chargers as well? Hint, you should be doing that and getting that thought through because it's a both and world. They're gonna to continue to want gas and diesel, but they're also gonna want electric charging. You need to be looking at that. You mentioned the in-store experience. Look, the, we wanna to continue to elevate the in-store experience because we are a store. I mean, you're not closing down your physical store. So when they come in, we wanna make sure that it's, it's really a great experience. They can quickly find what they want. That's where technology can help and they can find things and buy things that you don't even have in stock there and get them either same day or next day delivered. That's where those screens come in. So I think we don't wait and say, you know, I'm not gonna do much with the inside of my store because we've got less traffic because of COVID. The opposite. I think now is the time to make sure you're refining your customer experience so that anybody that comes in there is like, wow, this is really great. You know what they'll do? They'll tell a friend. And uh, just like curbside delivery, I don't want to have that be an inconvenience. I want to have somebody friendly bringing it out there, making it part of the brand of, you know, this is convenient. You don't have to wait in line. We're coming out to you. By the way, we know when you're there. Because usually when curbside works, you text a number letting them know you're there. They already know what you have ordered, and they bring it right out to the car. You know, all of that is part of making sure your brand is elevated and you're seen as, you know, this is the place I want to go. I'll go out of my way to go to your store. Wonderful. Well, this leaves our listeners with so much to consider and to, to think about uh, and ways to improve their business heading into 2021. Uh, Daniel, is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to, to add? Well, let's not forget buy online and pick up in store. That is a, a giant trend. And by the way, that's not going away because technology makes it easier all the time. And post pandemic, we're still gonna have a lot of people wanting to do that. So you could be doing that and maybe look at being creative on how you could grow your business by, by having a pickup there maybe for Amazon and for others so that are people, so you're partnering. I'll give you a quick example. Um, in the Midwest, one of the uh, store chains is Kohl's. They're also on the West Coast, uh, but they're, they're a Midwest company. And uh, Kohl's is a retailer that was, of course, competing against Amazon, as everyone seems to be who's a retailer. And, um, and when I was speaking to their executive team about a year and a half ago, and maybe two years ago now, I said, well, one of, the, one of the opportunities is to turn Amazon into a strategic friend of yours instead of your enemy. So Amazon's problem is what? Returns. And dealing with all of those returns, that's time and money on Amazon's part. So Coles, why don't you become a return center for Amazon products? And then while they're, because you're trying to get more people in the store, now you got a whole bunch of new people coming in your store to return an item. And while they're there, obviously they can discover your store, better have it looking good. And then secondly, you can give them some offers while they're in line to return their Amazon product. Well, that's worked really good for Kohl's. Is there a variation we could do of that for us? 
Is there a partner or someone else? Maybe it's Amazon, but maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Walmart or something else where we could work and be a partner of them. Maybe it's Dick's Sporting Goods. Maybe it's something else where we can partner in that way. So let's remember, buy online, pick up in store because people may not want to wait. That's why you need to have a good website with a good e-commerce experience that's tied, call it omni-channel marketing, that's tied to the in-store. So in other words, I can deal with my convenience slash necessity store. I can get something from it anywhere, anytime. I don't have to drive there. And as a matter of fact, I can drive and pick it up if I want, or I can have it delivered for a slight delivery fee. Daniel, I love that advice. I recently had a, a return from Amazon and I went to Kohl's for the first time in a long time. And, you know, they, they it was really quick and they give you a, a coupon after you return your item and, you know, you turn around, they're having a big sale. I mean, I definitely, I think, spent $50. I didn't plan to spend that day at Kohl's. So I think that is a, a really neat suggestion that seems like it is really working for them. Well, it's working for them. And when you hear things like that, because again, I gave that uh, idea to Kohl's, uh, when I tell you as convenience stores, you might be thinking, well, we're not big, we're not Kohl's, we can't inventory all that stuff. Well, stop thinking of what you can't do. Instead, what I want you to do is open your mind to asking yourself, is there a variation of that that might work for me on a scale that I could handle? Uh, just, in, a, in other words, open your mind and uh, don't, don't close it off real fast. You might find some huge opportunities. Wonderful. Well, Daniel, if our listeners want to follow up and get your books and read your blog and learn more information, how can they get in touch and uh, find your blog and your book? Yeah, well, if you go to, first of all, Burrus, B-U-R-R-U-S.com, I have a blog. I write uh, one a week. Got millions of readers, so I think you'd like it. And secondly, I have a list of trends there you can find right on the home page and download that. No cost to that, by the way. The book, my latest book, uh, you can buy it in Amazon, the anticipatory organization. But uh, because you were nice enough to have me on, I'm going to give all of your listeners a free hardcover copy of the book. All you have to do is pay a few bucks for shipping. I'm not making money on the shipping, by the way. I just want you to get that book. And if you go to T-H-E-A-O-B-O-O-K. If I was to say it, it would be theaobook.com. And uh, you'll be able to get a book and it'll be to you in about four days. And uh, there you go. By the way, if you want the audio of the book or the ebook, you can get it there too. Or you can go to Amazon. I think you'll find it very, very useful. Well, thank you again, Daniel, for, for taking the time to talk with our listeners and share uh, all of these great trends for them to watch in the year ahead. I hope you uh, have a great rest of your week. You too, and thank you very much. You've been listening to the C-Store Decisions Live podcast. For more podcasts, visit cstoredecisions.com or follow me on Twitter at cstored underscore Aaron. That's C-Store D underscore E-R-I-N.